my grandmother's house, no matter the time of year, always felt as if it were about to rain. She had these enormous old pecan trees that cast shade over the tiny lot where her house stood, and she kept the blinds shut in the living room so she could peek through and spy on the neighbors. But it always felt dark. Not ominous or scary, but that sleepy feeling you get before a big storm rolls in on a Sunday afternoon, like you knew you were going to be there for a while. After I graduated high school, I stayed with my grandmother to save up money to buy a car and get my own place. Turns out, I really was going to be there for a while. But it worked out great for the two of us. My grandfather had passed away a few years prior from emphysema and lung cancer, and she was all alone. She was getting older and weaker, and I could help with things around the house. We'd end every night with a game of cards that she'd somehow always win, and she'd tell me that Papa was still in the house with her. I never really put much stock into it and assumed it was a side effect of grief or suffering the earliest stages of her dementia, which would later claim her life. It's hard to take things like that seriously, and even harder when you're a skeptic. Harder still when she would read the Sunday obituaries, look up the names of the deceased in the phone book to see if anyone was possibly related to her, or maybe it was someone that served her a sandwich one time at a local cafeteria, any excuse she could find to go to their funeral. She would attend, take photographs of them lying in their coffins, cut out their obituary, wrap all of it up in wax paper, and put it in a shoebox. Her closets were lined with shoeboxes filled with photos of dead people. This morbid obsession spanned decades of her life, even back to when she was a girl. She looked at them like baseball cards, like prized collections based on how pretty they looked in their coffin how bad their makeup was or wasn't, how she wanted Mr. So-and-so to do her makeup when she dies. And all of this horrified me because I couldn't understand how casual she was about piles upon piles of dead people's pictures. I made my family swear that they'd never put me in an open casket when I died. So yeah, when grandmother said, I saw Papa today, you'd kind of just smile and change the subject. There were other things about her that I hadn't been warned about, namely her sleep talking. She never left her bedroom. She didn't wander around or anything. She only talked out loud in her sleep. The first time, I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of a child's voice murmuring. I couldn't make out any words, but it was loud enough to wake me. It was just the two of us in the house. So where was this child's voice coming from? It got louder and louder, and I could finally make out the words, No! No! Don't touch me! No! I leapt out of bed to check on my grandmother because someone was in the house with us. I just knew it. As I came down the hallway, I heard the voice coming from inside her room. What? I slowly opened her bedroom door. To my horror, she was on her knees on the bed wearing a silk white gown, tiny curlers in her hair held by a mesh scarf, beating the shit out of her pillows, screaming. It wasn't a child. It was my fucking grandmother. I backed out of the room feeling the huge portrait of my grandfather staring at me from the end of the hallway. I remembered him occasionally having black eyes, and now I know why. Papa got his ass kicked while he was sleeping. No wonder he was such an asshole all the time. But this was weird. This was really, really weird. I don't know how she made her voice sound like that, how it was so high, so shrill. Her normal speaking voice was gravelly and raspy from all the cigarettes she smoked in secret then I remembered the girl. Once when I was a kid, I was wandering around her house while she made cornbread. I looked out the back door to her shady yard that barely let in the sun. 
I saw a girl about my age. She was standing by the old, white, rusty swing set that my mother and her sisters used when they were children. And she was looking right at me, but her feet weren't there. She had a pretty Easter dress on, cropped blonde hair, but she didn't have any feet. I hadn't realized then it was a ghost, or some trick of the eye, or maybe my imagination, right? That's probably what it was. I imagined it. My parents were always telling me I imagined something. But maybe I didn't? Maybe while my grandmother slept, she was being... No. That is too weird. I can't even go there. But my older sister lived there for a while, a few years after I moved out. My sister, who always kept her door shut, woke up one night after only a few short hours of sleep. She immediately noticed that her bedroom door was open. That's odd. Grandmother never bothered her, and no one would dare mess with my sister with her door shut without knocking. Lord help you if you did. She sat up in bed for a moment, then called out to grandmother to see if she was maybe in the hallway, if she needed something. No answer. But then a face suddenly manifested in the dark doorway. It was Papa's face. Seconds later, his frail body appeared, as if he was turning the corner and coming in, casual as you please, and he walked over toward her on the bed. She was frozen, but she squeezed her eyes shut to make it go away. Then she felt him sit down on the bed. She felt him sit down on the bed. She opened her eyes and he was still there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he kept saying over and over, his voice still strained and weak from the emphysema and lung cancer. And he kept reaching for her. Holy shit, this was Papa's ghost and he was on her bed and what the fuck, she thought. She didn't feel like this was a good thing. This wasn't a nice visit. This wasn't one of those stories people tell after someone dies and they visit you in a dream and tell you some unknown truth about the world or whatever. This was some thing wearing his face. She pulled the covers over her head and screamed, You aren't welcome here! You have to go! You have to get out! Please leave! Eventually, he did. The next day, she asked Grandmother if she had opened her bedroom door during the night. No, she'd said. But I saw it was flung wide open when I left this morning. My sister swears to this day it happened. And after that, I never heard Grandmother talk about Papa visiting again. If that was true, I'm actually sad she didn't have the nice encounters she claimed to have with him again. Maybe she just stopped talking about it. A few years later, she burned her house to the ground. Damn. I know. <laughs> Hi. 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 This, this is Jamie Markey. And I am a faint-hearted Michael Tatum. He's a slightly pissed his pants Michael Tatum. Slightly. Like, I lost a beat of pee from that story. A, a full... <laughs> and with us today is the lovely... Beth, Beth Featherstone. Yes. Hello, Beth. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. She's our me. friend. We love, love her. And she's I awesome. She's awesome. We like uh-huh. awesome people, so yeah. naturally we get on with Beth. Yeah. And this is Ghoul Intentions. Ghoul Intentions. And today's episode is titled What Fresh Hell Is This? Which is from Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. Eyre. That's what you said. Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre. I don't think I've ever said it out loud. It's an odd name. It's an odd spelling. I like to say Irie. Irie. Just to really piss Jane out Irie. Irie. <laughs> yeah. You could just go all the way and go to Yeah, why not? 
Let's just call her Janie Irene. <laughs> no one will understand, but it's kind of interesting. It's a, it's a good it's a good phrase. I like what fresh hell is this. We we use it often in in our day to day life. I know I do, yes. and, yes. and people All do. But do, I, think. <laughs> I think most people feel that it comes from Star Trek <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. no, nope, it comes from classic gothic well, literature. Well, and there's the fire in. Um... In the story of Jane Eyre as yes. well. But and, there's, and there's the yes, and there's the Mad Woman in the Attic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is a famous, which is a well, pretty well worn Victorian lit trope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you talk about a family with secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Mine has a plenty. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. Uh, you can always check out our blog at goalintentions.com for more information about. Uh, the What Fresh Hell Is This and Jane Nye Irie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, like, he's write a blog about I'm gonna it write some literary bullshit. You know, like it'll I try be, to do. It'll be it'll be beautiful. <laughs> Change your life. Yeah, it's not gonna be on time, but it will be there. These things take time. You know what is on time, really? Really, no. what is it? It's a concept. It's it's a it's a construct of, of our own making. What is that? I refuse to be hemmed in by the gentrification of the clock. Or like a deadline. So. <laughs> ooh, ooh, deadline! I see what you did there. Yeah, it wasn't a pun. I don't believe in time, man. <laughs> time doesn't control me. So, did you ever find out like why your grandmother burned down the house? Did or was that? Well, that explained? was at the time that her dementia had just gotten really bad okay. but she refused to leave that house she didn't want to you know have any kind of special care or anything like that so on the weekends my aunt would come pick her up and she'd stay there for the weekends just to make sure she was you know showered and, and right. taken yeah. care of but she before she left she had turned on all the burners on the stove and it just went up it was just a really tiny tiny house and just mm. poof I mean I imagine all of those tender pictures of dead people wrapped in wax paper might have helped so you know the story too about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that it's, my, it's weird but I mean she had you couldn't you have, have closet space everything had to be in drawers because the closets were filled with these shoe boxes I mean I'm telling you this See, my was, mother was not that avid a collector yeah, she, she has any, a nice box of it but I think but who don't know uh, Michael's mother also collected pictures of dead people. Yeah, t- taken in their casket that she took herself. All, mm-hmm. all because when uh, when she was a little girl and the first funeral she attended was of her grandmother, and uh, she experienced her grandmother in her casket looking at her, like opening her eyes and looking at her. And uh, so I think she won't ever admit to this. Not my mom, but I think she takes pictures of people in their caskets to make sure their eyes are closed. Because I think that bothered her. That really bothered her all her life. Oof. Yeah, but it's a, but it's an age-old tradition of taking pictures mm-hmm. of the dead. My grandfather kept shoeboxes like crazy, but his were filled with every <laughs> every greeting card he was ever given. Oh, that's, that's far nicer than pictures. But of they dead were people. greeting cards from. Dead but he people. also though. He <laughs> You from know, the there's a, there's, this is a million dollar idea. Someone should make greeting cards from the pictures of the dead. We call it Hellmark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, off the cuff. Oh, oh. did it. We would <laughs> rolling in it, guys. We would be rolling yeah. in it. He did the thing though with the obituaries where he'd collect them and he'd go to the funerals. He'd yeah. go to the hospital to see people. Oh, that's, that's a lot know. of dedication. Yeah, like that was his thing. Because my grandpa, grandmother died like 17 years before he passed away. Mm-hmm. So 
he just had all of this time and he dedicated it to going to funerals. I kind of admire that though. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's when you're that comfortable with your own mortality, because I, like, I think you kind of have to be if you're that obsessed with right. the I'm death sure of it others. It must or, come from like, you feel like your life is drawing to a close and you want yeah. to kind of figure out, kind of scope it out as far as you can. Maybe yeah. it's like, <laughs> if I get real close to it, then it's going to happen. Yeah, or like, I'll, be, I'll be ready. I'll, it's like a simulated experience, you yeah. know. I'll like, I think my mother goes to funerals, and she goes to a lot of funerals too. But I think, but she always has. And it has nothing to do, at least it didn't, with her own mortality. It had everything to do with just she liked going to funerals because mm-hmm. she liked, I don't know, she just believed in going and paying your last respects like to people. Funerals would be more popular if there was an open bar. I feel like funerals would be more popular if they weren't always playing Sarah McLaughlin. Like, that, that wasn't like the go-to right. song. Yeah, just cut back a little, guys. I think it's interesting how, um, I think for my mother, when I think back on it now, my mother being a genealogist, I think the, the members of our family who are long deceased have always been slightly more real and present for her than than living breathing people which is not to suggest that she was like in any way a negligible parent mm-hmm. but i think she's more interested in people whose stories are finished um because for someone a historian that's that's you know that's a little more uh, it's easy to kind of hem that in but with living people it's like oh yeah yeah we'll get to you like yeah. i always so it's I'm fascinated by that concept. So I think my mother goes to funerals a lot because I think she feels that dead people are more real. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm I'm just kind of putting words in her mouth. I'd I'd tell her that, and she'd be like, "You're crazy. That's not. What are you talking about?" I have to. <laughs> I have to. I just, it's family. I gotta go. My grandmother just. Person. I mean, every time you'd see her, she'd be like, "You remember that? Uh, he used uh, Jimmy. He used to babysit you when you was a kid." I don't remember that person. Well, he died. I mean, like, every time you <laughs> saw her, it was like, well, he died. That's how my mother is. My mother will remember everybody. Oh, do you remember? It was This was so-and-so's roommate's cousin's former uh-huh. hairdresser's best friend's ex. Why would I remember um, that? That yeah. one day helped me trim a tree, um, <laughs> you know, when I when you were 12. And, you know, and he died. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Sorry? It's kind of like that with a more dramatic twist. Oh, really? So hers is... You know my cousin, my second cousin. It's your third cousin, and she'd say his name. Yeah, uh, he he moved to this this state, and he did this, and this was his job. Yes, mom, I know who you're talking about. And he did da da da, and he did this, and she just keep telling like his history. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then it's like that's how long she had to hold it together. Then she had permission to let it out. So the, <laughs> who's this? Who's this? Yep, I know who you're talking about, Mom. He's dead! <laughs> oh and that's God. how, like, I, I can't tell you how many people I found out. Wow. She's know. lucky I never returned that favor, because there were some times I had to tell her uh, things that were very upsetting. Mm-hmm. She's lucky I didn't do that back to her, because this little evil part of me really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. I just want to do that with totally mundane news. Like, yeah. um, so... We're gonna order from Shake Shack. Like just, Shake Shack. <laughs> Do you remember the Shake Shack that used to be on Seventy Five? It's dead. You know what's funny? And this is, I think, I, 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 we did. It was so good. Hashtag they are not our sponsors um, yet. Hashtag but, <laughs> 
<laughs> They're so good. W- uh, wiggle go- huts. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vibrating <laughs> house. W- wiggle no, wiggle. <laughs> Oh, wait, this shake is because of the drink, not because of the action of shaking. Don't let me name anything. Walton mentioned. It makes me think of my mother who... My mother... (laughs) Well, because my teacher used to call William Shakespeare uh, Billy Wigglestick, and I always thought that was so freaking hilarious. Yep, he has, he has a mule or not, mule in his mouth. Please do not say I have a mule in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> An entire mule. No, just the, the part that counts. Part. Wait, no, that's how you're making the a Moscow mule. Why are you yelling? Uh, because I almost died. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, it makes me think of my mother, whenever she would tell, like, the news of someone dying, she's very reverential about it. She's like, well, so-and-so died. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was really, it was kind of long and drawn-out battle with such-and-such such illness and whatever. And then once she's got you, <laughs> and then she starts plying you with all these morbid details about the death. Oh, like, yeah. Well, so-and-so uh, passed away in a car wreck. It was a freak thing. Like, they, there was no, you know, railroad crossing sign didn't work, and so they went across and the train hit them, and it was, it was really awful. Pause as you lean in closer. Apparently her eyes popped out of her head. Like, <laughs> my mother just loves to like hit you with that, and you go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I wasn't yeah. ready for that my shot. My grandmother was am, like that too. Like she so flew right out of that car, and she looked like hamburger meat on the side of the road. They had to use spatulas to get her up off that road. I'll tell you what. I tell you what. She had a dog in her hands, and it just exploded on the windshield of the car. <laughs> Poor thing. They still haven't found the head. It still like smells that's... every time you get in there. That's that's smell it. It, it ain't gone. Mother, and she loves to, to put her hand to her breast as though she's like, I'm just telling you, this is just, I can't believe I'm the one that has to do it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so surprising to me that your mother is a flagrant pearl clutcher. I never would have. She is so much. And yet she married my father, who who has no pearls to clutch at all. My father would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, her head totally, you know, it fell off, burned. Oh, yeah, that shit was fine. busted. Bitch had it coming. Like, that's, that's, that's my dad, just nothing gets to yeah. him. But yeah. What were we talking about? We've we gotten off on this whole thing. a very thing. scary story that it she did. It was a very scary story. Was there other stuff that happened in the house? Or was it really well, it was, you know, not for me. My sister and my grandmother always talked about it. And my mom talked about it. Um, But that house is as old as my mom is. She grew up there when she was a baby. So it was all of the stuff that was there was all the stuff that she had as a kid. I mean, nothing changed in the decor, you know? So it just felt. Talk about being haunted by your own past. Yeah. And that swing set, though, it was, was, you know, used to be white. And parts of paint was still there, but it was mostly rusted. And it was that kind of swing set where you had two swings, and then one was like a seesaw seat where you could sit across mm-hmm. from someone mm-hmm. and paint on air. Um, and it just it, it just always felt spooky back there. And you know, in common Southern fashion, when there's a lots of kids, get get the hell outside while the grand you know grown ups are talking blah blah blah. And so we'd have to run to the backyard, and I just. I don't know. It's just this weird, eerie feeling, and and like I said, those pecan trees, no sunlight, nothing, oh, yeah. just dark. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember that girl, and I can't believe that I hadn't remembered it until I heard my grandmother's voice. Yeah. Because I mean, 
you know, I know people can make their voice sound a certain way, but it sounded like a completely different person. It sounded like a Carol Ann child Ugh. screaming. And my grand, I mean, my grandmother had this like raspy, you know, kind yeah. of voice. And then you hear, oh no! It, I mean, that was terrifying. Nobody told me this was a thing that she did, but nobody ever said anything about her doing that voice. Right. And that's what so, really creeped me out. It is, it was yeah. just her just being like, burr, 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 burr. and she'd punch stuff. She was very violent. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like punching my grandpa. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's when they would get their aggression out. Was, right. Just wait they till you go to bed. Just wait. Rough. Well, yeah, old Southern lady. <clears throat> you had to be tough. Yeah. Oof. So it, it was very alarming. And then, of course, seeing her in that state, mm-hmm. you know, because she wore those long white silk gowns and Bitch had the mama's family curlers, you know, in her hair to keep yes. it permanent, yeah. you know. It's just very, very upsetting. Did she roll her hair every night? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. She'd go to the beauty salon. She had to get a tent, get a blue tent this time. Blue tent. <laughs> I, blue I, I might do purple. Um, she never said that. That's just the colors that always ended up being on her head from these like shitty yeah. beauty salons. But my sister with the Papa thing coming into the bedroom. Yes. First of all, he was five five, maybe weighed eighty pounds, and always wore brown coveralls. Mm-hmm. So we used to think he worked for UPS when we were kids. <laughs> like he's a UPS man. But he was just bitter and and mean. He was not a nice man. He smoked three to four packs of unfiltered palm oils a day and even when he had lung cancer and even after they removed his testicles from gangrene from oh, the emphysema and lung cancer yeah he was still smoking he even had when lung he had cancer in his balls no it's like it <laughs> no, caused the circulation no, his balls were gangrenous <laughs> yeah the circulation from, from, yeah, goes, yeah the lack of circulation Ooh, uh-huh. God. He was dedicated, all day. dedicated oh, to smoking. Right? Wow. That's yeah. the scariest thing you've heard all day. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and he oh. just would wheeze and cough. And so I would hear that. I would hear him coughing. Was he nice after his testicles removed? No. I mean, after he died, I would hear him coughing in that oh. house. Yeah, like, because he'd go into the bag and... Yeah, <laughs> just that noise. Oh. Hearing that is not... I don't like that. I never saw him, though. My grandmother passed from emphysema as well. And uh, she would do this. Like, she would have her oxygen. Mm-hmm. Did he do this, too, where they'd go smoke anyway? Oh, yeah. He smoked until oh, he yeah. died. Yeah. I had a so great, yeah. so I had a great aunt that would do that. She was a smoker, and she she died of emphysema and lung cancer as well. But And she had a an oxygen yeah. tank in yeah. the nursing home, and she'd surgery. still go out I mean, and everything. just smoke, you know. She didn't. Oh, I didn't hear I her coughing in house but i would smell smoke yes years, smoke mm-hmm. years later and it's not oh, like yeah. you walk into a room and it smells smoky because people under smoke my grandpa didn't smoke mm-hmm. but uh it would be like you're walking down the hallway and it would just be like some blue smoke in your face mm-hmm. that kind of thing and it would be like oh hi yeah i mean why can't you blow lilacs in my face it would not be lovely <laughs> my grandfather no. my <laughs> grandfather on my father's side was a smoker he smoked, but he smoked um, really aromatic stuff. He smoked pipes and he smoked cigars. Mm-hmm. He didn't like cigarettes so much because my grandmother thought they stunk up the house, but she was okay with the smell it's of... Not wrong. Well, she was okay with pipe <laughs> smoke because she liked the perfume of it. But I found out later in life, um, toward the end of his life, actually, about in 2000, he died in 2003, 
Um, he he was in the war and he talked about it a lot, but he didn't really talk about like the hard stuff. He talked about the more heroic things, you know, because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a very dramatic guy. But toward the end of his life, he, uh, because I was a writer, he wanted me to like interview him and like he wanted to tell all these stories. He wanted to kind of unburden oh, himself. Cool. And so I tapered for about two or three weeks. I went and over there every day and recorded, you know, him on tape recorder, just telling these stories. You still have those? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, um, I, that is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, and and he, because he was he was he served under Patton in in uh, whatever armored division that was. I can't think of it off the top in of my military. head. In the military. In, but he was there. At the, <laughs> he he was there when the beaches of Normandy were stormed. He was there in Baston. He was there when like uh, I think Dachau was liberated, uh, or discovered, not liberated. That's that's the wrong word because they found everyone. You're you know, the only one. Yeah. Uh, no, con- I know it. Famous, concentra- famous yeah. concentration you camp. You two are the only two in this. And- <laughs> <laughs> you two out of three. <laughs> yes, you two out of three. You majority you out stand of three. You, you said a word that clearly has more letters in it than you pronounced. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, um, that's what I normally am like. I don't know but he, he saw a lot of action in the war, and he didn't. The other stuff I he can. didn't talk about the really awful stuff, which you know had to he had to have seen. And one of the things that came out while I was interviewing him, uh, or just not interviewing, just kind of letting him talk, was uh, that the reason he smoked is because he had experience with death where he would like, you know, you could smell it. And he's like, the smell, once once someone like saved someone, you know, he was in a tank and he, um, he was promoted to gunner. And when you're in a tank company, you only get promoted when someone who has the job dies. And then you move up because yeah. they need a gunner now. So he became gunner when the gunner ahead of him got shot and killed by a sniper. And apparently that guy landed on him after being shot and bled all over his clothes. And of course, he had to wear those clothes for the duration of his service because there was very little yeah. opportunity in action to wash your clothes. And he said that smell the smell stayed with him forever and so when he got back like it was still just so lodged in his mind the only thing he could do to fight it was to to smoke a cigarette to smoke cigars and that and so he smoked all the time just and i know traumatizing and 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 he you he wore it so lightly because you wouldn't have known that he was always a kind of chipper guy it's like he'd made a pact with god at some point of like let me live through this and come back home to my wife because he was already married to my grandmother when he got drafted um let me come back home to my wife and I will never complain for the rest of my life. And he wasn't. He was not a complainer, but he smoked all the time just to kind of, uh, I guess, mask the smell of his buddy, you know, that was still with him, you know, years, in his 80s. He died at 89. And he still had that smell. So that's just, Man. you know, it's crazy. It's easy to kind of look at someone and judge their habits. You know, like, oh, how could you do that? It's killing you. But you realize, you're like, oh, there's a deep reason they're doing it. It's not yeah. just they're... So now, from now on, whenever I see an old man smoking a cigar, I'm going to be like, dead body smell. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I'm not, there's, Maybe. I have Did no you control. get promoted in a kind of yeah. icky way I mean, in the war? Is that, is that what happened? <laughs> you make a yeah. Of yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate that for you, but I get the cigar <laughs> Right. Now, now so I understand. I'm in a place Just, of understanding. You still can't do it in the restaurant, though. You have to yeah, go outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> Sorry. I've been so mad by Sorry. that. I've been so mad at not being able to smoke indoors. But yeah. But yeah. Wow. Uh, thank you for that story. That yeah. Of course. Amazing. That was a, yeah. that was a really chilling story. Another one. We do. From Darren. Darren. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually comes from Scotland. This this story takes are place you, in are Scotland. Are you going to do the whole story in a Scottish accent? No, I'm not. Okay. I don't. I don't have. I, I don't, don't have. Think you should. I don't. I thought it would be funny if you tried. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a Scottish accent, and I really don't want to offend Darren with my attempt. Yeah. So. 
All right. Though only certain elements of what follows are clear in my mind, one detail will stay with me forever. With little effort, I can still see it swimming in the darkness behind my eyelids and still shudder at the thought. The only comfort I have is the knowledge that at least one other person shares this memory. Passing the time on a bench beside an empty playground one gray afternoon, my best friend and I looked out over a large, sprawling wheat field at the foot of a nearby hill. Lashed by a brisk wind, the even rows rolled like ocean waves toward the forest opposite. As we watched, mesmerized, random patterns of movement began to emerge in different areas of the field, against the action of the wind. Quick, ragged traces as of things scuttling among the wheat. Before long, shapes rose into view. Tall, thin, vaguely humanoid silhouettes, all converging toward a point somewhere behind the trees. Both of us asked the other if we were seeing what we were seeing. Puzzled, we left our bench and, appetites whetted for spooky experiences, made our way toward a small cemetery nestled in the woods not far off. We picked about the headstones for a while, uneventfully, not sure what we expected to find. Within sight stood an old house and a tool shed separated from the cemetery by a clutch of trees. As we began to leave, we glanced at the dilapidated old shed and froze in our tracks. In the window loomed a face that twitched as we met its deathly gaze. Pale, human yet somehow not, enormous eyes, wide head, and worst of all, a large, horrible mouth twisted into a heart-stopping grin. As it leered at us from the other side of the glass, my friend and I locked eyes and without a word ran for all we were worth. We later described the face to each other in vivid detail, and our accounts matched. I have no idea who or what that face belonged to, let alone what it wanted of us, but to this day, any time I'm asked to tell a scary story, that ghastly smile springs to mind as if it were right in front of me. I think the lesson here is, if you have one spooky experience, don't tip to fa- don't tempt fate by going to a fucking cemetery. See, I think the lesson here is don't go to a fucking cemetery. If you are not visiting a loved one or going to a funeral, it's none of your business. (laughs) That's a a little limiting. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do your photo shoots for Halloween, right? I get it. But still... Whatever. Cemeteries can be lovely places. Cemeteries are for dads to make those jokes that all dads make of, you know... Do you know how many people are dead in there? <laughs> All of them. Or <laughs> people are dying to get in there. Those two. Right. That's that's really the only time. It's that's just for it. a dad to drive by. It's the clever dad that will make specific yeah. jokes based on the name on the gravestone. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, that person's called Stiff. Huh. Guess I guess it was fate that yeah. they're here. I just don't want to see a twisted smile of any um, real or well, ghost. to that be fair, yeah. it wasn't in the cemetery that they saw it. It was in the window of the tool shed nearby. Oh, now, God. why anyone would live next to a cemetery, that's the problem here. That's it's the real quiet. moral. Don't build your house next to well, a cemetery. Tool, tool shed on the property, I thought. A tool shed for the cemetery. I mean, I guess, but it was like separated by kind you of a... You have to have tools to take no. care of your cemetery. I guess you do, but I mean... <laughs> Still, no. But you, you gotta wonder if there's any relationship to what they saw in the field. I think, Darren, what we're saying is that's what you fucking get. <laughs> 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 
They have no sympathy. I mean, come on. I'm the kind of guy. I would have gone. To the, like, after seeing some weird shit in a, in a wheat field, I would have been like, huh. Time to go home. I'm kind of in the mood for something spooky now. Let's go to the cemetery. Oh. I would do that. You wouldn't do that? I know you wouldn't do that. No. You wouldn't do that? It, I guess it would depend. It would depend on the time of the month for me, I think. <laughs> Where the moon is. Right. In the, you know, like, is it a full moon? Yeah. The, How bitchy am I today? Yeah. Isn't that a troubling thing, like the full moon? So you go out on a full moon, you're going to have the most light, but you're also going to have the most werewolves. And yeah. That's a well, if you wear moonstone, Jamie, you are protected. So I think everyone knows that. Oh my god, the moonstone. <laughs> The Moonstone is a famous is Victorian program? detective novel by Wilkie Collins, who was a friend of, of Charles Dickens. Oh, I'm the nerd. Well, I love the Charles Dickens out of you, so <laughs> <laughs> just go right ahead. There's a dad joke, so you belong yeah, in a cemetery. I could totally I mean, in the be best a dad. possible way. I could be everyone's dad. <laughs> I'll be the dad of like, the world. You will be. The, like you it. will be the Genghis Khan. Basically. Basically. <laughs> Good headgear. I like the, you know, <laughs> headgear. I mean, surely at some point in your lives, as as level-headed and as adult and as consummately practical we try to be, uh, you know, now that we are well into our adulthood and our life of responsibility, well, there have to have been times. I mean, I'm, with varying yeah, degrees of success, there had to have been we're times where. <laughs> <laughs> but there had to have been times when you find yourself in a scary story, in, in the middle of a scary story, and realize, fuck, I did this to myself. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, it has to this be. I mean, that's, 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 I think that's a more relatable kind of story, because then it didn't just come out of the blue. It's like, no, this this grew out of my own choices. Yeah, and that, would, that actually would be me, because I'm the person that goes to check to see what's happened. Yes. You know, like with yeah. hearing that voice. In my grandmother's house, I immediately was like, "Well, I gotta go see what this shit's about." Yeah, right. I know? couldn't leave well, that alone. Well, because it doesn't occur to you. Yeah, it's something supernatural, supernatural right? right. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it's more like you know. Well, I hear this voice in the other room, and if it's if it's if I'm gonna die, I want to know what's gonna do it. Like, I want to yeah. at least face it down. Like, that's me. I don't want to just be like, "Oh, that's just heard a weird noise in the other room. I'm just gonna sit here and wait for it to come in <laughs> to my room." And I exist in that. Um, stage of denial where if I just ignore it it's not someone that's going to come kill me yeah if, if your you, covers are appropriately you know tucked around yes. your body you are safe if that you, is like if you can't see it yeah. it can't yeah. see you exactly yeah. um, but you know in, in where we are right now in my house uh, we are in the office and I oftentimes, when I'm home alone when I'm downstairs mm. will hear movement from this room and it's there's nobody up here I never come check it because, first of all, I'm not going up the stairs for no bad yeah, reason. Yeah, like, screw that's you. Bullshit. Yeah, no. But <laughs> and this, despite my constant protestations that she should go up and see what it is, because if yeah. I were here, I would and yeah. do. But it happens so much. It's like it's nothing. It's mm-hmm. nothing. I'm gonna go up there and be like, oh, it's nothing. At least I got my my steps in. <laughs> yeah. You know. Damn it! I left true. my phone on the counter and it's not even tracking it. I know. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> I gotta track all my stuff. So I just don't, I mean, unless it's something, you know, that's big. But you know, there was one time, this was, a, this is a terrifying story. I came home, this not at this place, this is my previous home. Um, and I was taking, well, I was, I was at home, I was taking the trash out. And when I, and the trash was at the, in the front of the house, like on the side of the house. Okay. So I, when I went around, that's the same side that the back gate was open, was at. And the gate was fucking open. 
like wide open. I'm at home by myself. Remember, yeah. the dogs just went crazy a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! So <laughs> I did you think at this point like supernatural, or were no. you like, no, someone's like trying to get in my house? No, or... someone's trying to get in my okay. house. Okay. And it never changed from that. So <laughs> I didn't even put my trash in the trash can. I just turned around with the garbage bag and went right back inside. Mm-hmm. The back door I knew was unlocked. And so I went back and locked it. And then was like, you know, like, fuck, somebody could be in the house with me. I had to call a friend and walk in and have them on the phone with me while I walked through and checked all the closets. Every closet was like, this is, this is the death. This is how yeah. the guy is at this oh. closet. Every closet. It was terrifying. And so then I was irritated because then there's nothing in the house. Mm-hmm. I was relieved, but also like, God, what the fuck? And then when I went outside to investigate, because I did go investigate at mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. there was a shovel leaned up on the side of the house. No. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> about just no, a shovel. No, and I was like... No, thank you. No. I, I, what do I... So what I did is grab it and shout, it's mine now, motherfucker. <laughs> and then I used you to... Got, you got to take control. And that's the bravery like, when you know... you're screaming into the air and no one is around <laughs> is pretty amazing. Well, I had, so where I was, there was a deck and then there was like a lower deck that kind of went over a creek. And so I went down, on, I, was, I looked in the, back, the backyard, it wasn't very big, and I went to the right and I looked and then... To the left, I couldn't look around the house unless I went out on the deck. So I went out on the deck with the shovel, like, as my weapon. Yeah. Uh, and looked around the corner. And then I didn't see anything. But as I'm standing on the deck, I'm thinking, this is the part in the horror movie where the person's <laughs> underneath the deck. And so yeah. very slowly, I looked under my legs and there was nothing. But it was fucking scary. <laughs> I went inside, I yelled some more cuss words outside, and I shut the door and locked it and didn't move until somebody came over. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, That's it terrifying. That's so scary. That's terrifying. No, but so if I think it's real, go figure that. If I think there's something really there mm-hmm. that could like kill me. Like a person. Then I'm a like, person that actually it. wants to turn you into yeah. a ghost. So I'm going to die in the Friday the 13th and the But Halloween. it's the devil you know. Because right. you don't know if it's supernatural. You don't know what... I mean, is it going to, like, come inside your body and make you an asshole to the rest of your family? Is it going to, like, <laughs> suck your soul down into another realm? You don't know. I don't know. It's I don't just know some, some asshole who's trying to, like, rob you or something, you know? Yeah. Or hit him with a shovel. Or right. Yeah. So I feel like... It's kind of... The, I mean, the, both options are equally terrifying to me, so... The killer, real-life, scary dude movie is the one I'm dying in. I'm not going to die in the supernatural Ouija board one. And that's the one I'm dying that's in. That's the one you're dying that's in. That's the one I'm dying in. Yeah. And I, but I'm not going to die in the slasher flick. In the slasher um, flick, I'm like... Won't you? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm gay. I'll last at least... I'll be at least the second to last person to die. But that doesn't mean you don't die. Okay, but... You're still I'm, dead if you're the second to last but if person I can, to I die. But I feel like if I can make that's it to... The, if I can works. make it to that point in the movie, I'll figure something out. <laughs> If I was in better shape, I would be the heroine that came out alive. I like that. Because, you, well, you're very funny as well. I just I just don't want to put up with people's bullshit. Yeah. You know? And if someone else, if their bullshit is keeping me from, you know, freedom... Sorry. I turned off my phone. I didn't turn off my watch. <laughs> Every week, it's something. It's different. something. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, just like, you know, if someone is, like, slowing down... The rest of us from survival, you just need to get your shit together because yeah. I'm not coming back for you. Right. Oh yeah, that's you, just want you to know. Start I'm, sorry. Hey, I'm, your shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're gonna kill all of us. Yeah. You're, you're the killer. As you're soon as someone's killer. leg breaks, 
Nah, sorry. It's like an old woman with a broken hip. You're gonna be gone in like six months. So sorry. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. I mean, it sucks. But honestly, you just gotta turn to that person and be like, "Look, hey, at least one of us is getting out." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's like I'll tell tell the story well. (laughs) I will. I will remember you. Injured on the ground, saying, "Don't wait for me." I'm gonna take them at their word Mm -hmm. and not wait for their ass. Yeah. Sorry, we would be terrible to be with. Oh yeah, I'm like I love you. I love you with all my heart, and and you as well. If we're ever in a situation, be it ghost or slasher, where we are being chased and you are weighing me down at all, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. I I love you. I'm just telling you that now, so if it ever happens, you'll know. Cool. We had this discussion. You're not allowed to be mad at me. Yeah. And also, depending on how bad my depression is that day, I'll either be (laughs) the heroine or I'll be the one going, "Go on without me. I'll hold him back." Just, well, this is you, it. I'm, I welcome it. Then, if your depression's then, kicked in, then the, the killer won't kill you because you're no fun. Right. I'll make him kill me. <laughs> yeah, I will then, make and him. And you're going to creep out the killer. Yeah. And like, this is awkward. And then I will have saved this everyone. Not, you're no and then sport. I'll be like, damn it, I, I'm alive. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> you know, that trope has not been explored in horror movies. Like, right. the, yeah. the usefulness of depression mm-hmm. in winning the day. Yeah, because we're always the one that survives everyone else. That's true. Well, that, uh, that fucking true. Why is that? That seems Damn it. that seems so unfair. Oh, I have some other stories. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. So these were sent in by Bailey, and it's just several different stories that I thought I'd read, and we can discuss them. Another right. sip of uh, Moscow Mule before we begin. Have at it, you slurpy motherfucker. <laughs> All right. That sounds uh. empty. I'm going to have a little bit of bets because she hasn't had all of them. Oh, snap. She's being responsible, and I'm not. I can, have, I can have a drink. Because she's got to go do things. No, I make them, because, I make them uh, really strong. Just because of oh, my medicine, I can't like... Oh, I, gotcha. <laughs> I might get a little a little shitty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know what will happen. Just don't tweet. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't even have a Twitter account for that reason. That's oh, nice. smart. I don't need to tell people what I'm thinking. Thank you, Bailey, for these submissions. Here's the first one. My mother told me this story after I told her about how great this podcast was. I love the opening. (laughs) The first few years of my life were spent living in a small town in northern Utah, about half an hour away from Salt Lake City. My mother was in a position to stay at home with my younger brother and I, and more often than not, the snow kept us indoors during the winter. My mother, bless her heart, was a big old germaphobe, and that kept us from playing in many public playgrounds. One winter, when I was maybe six years old, and my brother four, We'd been going slightly stir-crazy from being cooped up inside our house for a few days, and there was a Carl's Jr. that had just been opened in our town. My mother decided that she would take us there to get a treat and play in the play area, which was new, and therefore clean in her mind. It was made for children, it's not new. Anyway, sorry. We went, and we were the only people in the store, aside from the workers. My mother read her new issue of People magazine for about an hour and decided it was time for us to go home. She called for us to come down, and when we did, she heard my brother say, Okay, goodbye. Confused, my mother asked who he'd been talking to, and my brother pointed to the empty play area and said, The little boy, Luke. My mother said she felt chills run down her spine. We had no idea, but my father's youngest brother had died as an infant, and his name had been Luke. There was no way... There was no way that as a six- and four-year-old that we could have known... But she and my grandmother believed that we were playing with our deceased uncle. It never happened again, to our knowledge, but my grandmother was grateful to know that her youngest child was still able to have friends and play in another life since he was unable to in this one. That's kind of sweet. I like yeah. that story. Thank you, Carl's Jr. I know. 
Beyond the Grave. Yeah. Beyond the Grave. That's right. I used to get their cheeseburger. It was like two o two in college, and I would get all of my pennies together for that. That's Squirrel. the spookiest story yet. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. That's a good one. I think it's a lot, you know, there are a lot of Lukes in this world, but I like that. It could have been, you know, yeah. playing with the ghost of mm-hmm. our uncle. I feel like saying we're playing with our deceased uncle is a little disturbing when you yeah. think of it literally. Yeah, because yeah. just to replace deceased with dead. We're playing with our dead uncle. Sounds like you right. just dug up a body. Yeah, this like, isn't hey, week- weekend at Bernie's. This is we're a having now. we're having yeah. tea with Uncle Luke. Yeah, well, we're having tea on Uncle Luke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next story. Sorry. <laughs> In high school, I was a member of the yearbook staff, and I was more than happy to use that press pass to get to talk to the people who used to come and speak for us. One of those times, it was a Holocaust survivor who came and spoke in an assembly. It was an incredibly moving assembly, and I was so excited to go and thank the man for coming to speak with us. Thank God for that press pass. When I did, this blind and nearly deaf man shook my hand, smiled at me, and told me he was glad that I could be there, and that it was so kind of me to have brought my grandmother with him. So let me say that again. And that it was so kind of me to have brought my grandmother with me. Confused, I looked around, and it was only me, my English teacher, and this kind gentleman. I parroted the word grandmother back to him, and he nodded and pointed behind me. Of course, my English teacher and I looked around and didn't see anything, but I believe that this gentleman had actually seen my deceased grandmother, the grandmother from the previous story. Hmm. Wow. Ooh. But that's kind of nice, though. I like that, too. These I kind of nice like the nice stories. stories. This one yeah. is that there's a you know ghost or child getting to play. Holocaust survivors, very drunk and seeing two of people. Mm-hmm. Which is another really nice story. I love that too. I, <laughs> I <laughs> well, that's but they, he would be seeing two of someone, and one of them would look a lot older. That's 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 a gift. Like I'm not just seeing double. I'm seeing old you and yeah. young you at the same time. Yeah. That's that goes beyond just normal. Right, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's I not just. That I have never been. I've been drunk a few times in my life. I've never been that drunk. I mean, you know I've what? seen myself. I think it's important to have a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, I think it depends on what you're drinking. You need to, you know, I've really, never... really go ham on some alcohol and just. Right. I've, <laughs> I've never seen double. Have you ever seen double? Mm-mm. No, I, it's Mm-mm. a phrase, and I've always thought it's just like a figure of speech. I just I don't figured think it's it was just that's when you're dizzy. Yeah, yeah, but that's you know? not the same thing. That's just like, oh, the room is spinning. And even then, the room's not really technically spinning. It's just like, it just can't make up its mind where it is. <laughs> <laughs> After the spinning comes the double. Anyway. <laughs> you say that from a place of deep experience. <laughs> I see. Then, you know what? You have to find out what your dominant eye is some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine's my left. Okay. So your right. left one is, is, is really giving me the shit right now. And your right eye is like, right. I like you. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. Dominant. One eye right. is a judging eye. So that's your evil eye. <laughs> right. But mm. no, the eye that I see the best from, like if I close one eye, the one that's more on point is my left eye. And I found that out from seeing double. Interesting. It's for science. You, you were forced, you were, when you see double, you're forced <laughs> to make a choice. True. <laughs> very true. That's very, when you're using steps. <laughs> One Everybody of these. Probably just always thought when she starts drinking, she just gets real winky. <laughs> <laughs> so flirty. Here's how you know if I'm saying that or I'm winking. In the I meantime, I cannot actually wink without opening my mouth. 
Oh. You wink with an accent. What the fuck? I do. Jesus Christ. It's a whole thing. That's so funny. But like, I'll try. I, it, it that's feels like very a weird. It's like that's a yeah, that's like a weird. I can do this. Oh, she's got a like, Wait. You get the twitchy wink. Is it? Ah. Oh. What are you I'm trying like, to do? My dad, I inherited this from my dad, where we can just flutter one eye. It was fluttering. Oh, it was, it, it was and fluttering. it's just like a, it's very strange. I want to see if I can do it. Can you, this is great for a podcast, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You can, guys you just see? Picture it. can you see? It? Can you <laughs> hear? Listeners at home. Can you hear the fluttering of our lashes? We've Doing got, it as hard as I can. We've got some pretty long and luxurious lashes. I feel like you should be able, it's like a. It, Thanks, Mark Jacobs. It sounds like a falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Next story. <laughs> Later on in college, I was in a really dark place mentally. I had been a bank teller and working when the branch I was working at experienced a terrible armed robbery and, long story short, I was not coping well. On top of that, I had just heard that a friend of mine from high school had come back early from a religious mission and had taken his own life. I was heartbroken. I felt like my world was falling apart around me. The night I had heard the news about my friend, I had a dream that he was in my dorm room, sitting on my bed, and we talked about everything that had happened. I caught up. It was cathartic, and when I woke up, there was an impression on my bed where he had been sitting on my bed in the dream. That dream became a turning point for me, and I started to get better from there. Wow. That's cool. That one gave me goosebumps. I did. I like all three of these stories had kind of a, a nice, positive, ultimately healing air to them. You know, that's good because I mean it's it's that's something that's not explored enough. I think in ghost story lore is that usually it's just an, a scary experience. We were talking last time about how sometimes, you know, a scary story may not be that scary if you just let it go on a little longer. Yeah. You know, and there could be something very positive at the end of that that yeah. very spooky rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. What a what a hmm, that's a nice story. Yeah. Nice trio of stories actually. Yeah, little trio. Now, Beth, we understand that you have yes. another personal account. And it's it's interesting that you too. say, had I waited a little longer, and I will get to that. Ooh. Ooh. So, this comes with some history at the end that is very interesting. But, I'll get... I, okay, so, when I was in my 20s, it was the year 2000, the year 2000. and I should preface... Yes. In the year 2000, I moved into an apartment. In the year 2000, <laughs> I lived by myself. Um, <laughs> but I, I should say that I have lived in over 36 places in my life. I've moved right. quite a bit. Mm. I've lived on my own often. I love being by myself. I do not spook. You know, I, I don't right. get scared. And I also, because I've lived in so many different places, I'm familiar with sounds of neighbors and, you know, all of those kinds of things that just kind of happen around you, those white noise, weird things yeah. with apartments, especially if you're sharing walls. So I'm aware of that. But I moved into this apartment, and when it, is, it was called uh, Oak Run Apartments, it's on Preston Oaks and Preston Road. In Dallas. In Dallas. Google that. And when I went to go, you know, try and get a place there, they show you around the property. It's huge too. Yeah, it's huge it's, it's pretty big. The Oak Run is pretty big. There's one that's right next to it that's even bigger. But Oak Run um, has this large courtyard, and they take you there. They don't show you like the the driveway by these apartments or anything for a very specific reason, which I didn't know until I moved in. And when I moved in, 
you can either park right up in front of your house or your apartment or whatever. And then across the driveway, there was a long chain link fence that you could park up against. But that chain link fence was fencing in a hundred year old cemetery. Inside the apartment. Inside there's the apartment car the apartment complex. There's just a random cemetery. Yes, and I'll get to the history of that later because okay. I, I didn't to, find out about it later. Code. They have to build it, around it. Yeah, so it, it was I mean, there was like a tombstone up so, against the chain link fence that was like from eighteen ninety. How far away was your apartment from a grave? A car's length. A driveway for two cars to pass through, and then a park, like like a regular street. So too close. Yeah. So and then the and then you know you have yards. tombstones right there. Just yards from your wow. door. Yeah. So at, if you came home late at night, nobody parked on the chain link fence side. I mean, everyone was trying to park as close to their apartments <laughs> as they could. Right. No one wanted to park it's there. It's like they didn't want to be literally right next to. Them. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> it bothered me. But it just kind of was like one of those, like, well, that's weird. Because I don't remember there being an entrance to this place. There was no signage anywhere to let you know what the cemetery was. I called the office to ask about it. They wouldn't give me any answers. Just that, yes, it's a cemetery. That's all we're, you know, that's all we're going to tell you legally that we're allowed to tell. Wow. So whatever. I I thought in some, some way I kind of thought it was cool. Not really thinking that this cemetery was probably much larger than what was actually there. And it is. Wait, what? It was originally an acre owned by the Scott family. And the Scott family in the 1850s, um, they were farmers. There were also slaves and freedmen that were buried there. And then they added an additional acre. And then it became known as the Union Cemetery, which was just for black people. So put a pin in that. Okay. Um, so I started almost immediately noticing things happening in this apartment. And the first thing that happened was the toilet. It would flush completely. And I don't mean like you can hear water running. Cause sometimes in apartments, if someone upstairs flushed their toilet, you'd hear running water in your bathroom or like you, you hear yeah, like, like someone. I, I, and jiggled, I saw like, it once. Like I went in there as it happened and I saw the handle go down, the water swirl, swirl, swirl and go down and fill all the way up. And this happened at least twice a day. And there's no way for that to just happen. Right yeah. That's not how they're designed. Yeah. Like it's not, it can't. That's fucked up. Yeah. So, but that was, I mean, and again, I'm still like, well, maybe it's just this but you apartment. Call her, you get it checked out. Yeah, nothing. nothing I, I, I just wasn't bothered by that. Okay. But until later, yeah. when I started realizing that this was odd, I had a cat, and the cat always slept on me at night. And I got it for work the next morning, went into the very small kitchen, you know, beige carpet, really simple, you know, cabinetry, you know, nothing fancy in this place. But all of the cabinet doors were open, the drawers were pulled open, and then the cabinets on either side flanking the sink, those were open. And I know cats sometimes play with cabinet doors because they're assholes, especially at night, you know? (laughs) So that's immediately what I thought. I was like, okay, it's weird that the drawers are open. It's a little excessive. But maybe that's all it was. Yeah. So I close them, and I go to work. And often, because I didn't have much furniture in this place, it was just tons of beige carpet. So I really liked to vacuum <laughs> and get those lines in the carpet. Like I just, <laughs> that was so satisfying. So I'd vacuum my way out because there was a closet right by the front door. I'm going to put the vacuum in there and I'd leave. So I'd come home to like this, oh, you know, floor of like, oh, lines. It looked like an English Yeah, garden. yeah. And this is also important. 
that carpet thing, it seems innocuous, but it's not. So <laughs> then the next night, the cabinet doors happened again. And this time I heard it. I heard the doors because it woke me up. And the cat was dead asleep on me. So it oh, wasn't the cat. Oof. And I didn't get up. I heard like, I heard, like someone was like just barely pulling it and letting it, letting it go so it could vibrate up against the thing. Just like, like a cat playing with cabinets. But your cat was on you. But my cat was dead asleep on me. What if it was a ghost cat? What if it was a ghost cat? (laughs) Sorry. So, so this is, this becomes a pattern of me waking up and the doors being open and, you know, having to shut everything down. On the back wall of the apartment, I had a sliding glass door with mm-hmm. shitty Venetian blinds. I hate Venetian blinds. They so should right. all be destroyed. I agree. Um, so much. But I never used that patio at all. There was no reason for me to. Storage closet. So there was a pin <laughs> in the track. Yeah, yeah, there was a storage closet. closet. Yeah, that's so there's the pin in the track. That you took to you exactly. Exactly. And like the day I moved in and the day I moved out and that's it. Yeah. Um, but there was, there was a pin in the track to keep the door from opening. Mm -hmm. Then there was a bar that went across like about midway up that would also keep the door from opening. Then there was a lock on the door, on the door. And there was a, a, uh, screen door that you could only lock from the inside of the apartment. So there were four different locks. Yeah. Tons. Okay. And I remember the the fucking vacuum, the vacuum lines. I come home from work. The Venetian blinds have been pulled all the way back. The pin is out. The bar is up. The door is open about four inches. And that fucking screen door was locked. So it had to to have happened from inside. My first thought is someone's in the house. You know, some creeper is in my house. There's no footprints on the carpet. Nothing. So I check everything. No one's in the house. So then I call the apartment office. Because, you know, sometimes they'll schedule maintenance. Someone will come into the apartment while you're gone because they have master keys and they just do that kind of thing. And she says, no, nothing has been scheduled. In fact, he's off today and the master keys are here. So he would have to come here to get the key to your apartment to do any sort of work. So that's not it. And my front door was latched with the deadbolt too, which they don't have keys for. Right. So what the fuck is that? Yeah. And I, I mean, and I'm still thinking, I'm still not thinking ghost. For some reason, I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking that there is some creeper dude who's followed me into my house or something, or is like living in my house maybe, or just fucking with me. Because how could anyone have gotten to that door from the outside? They couldn't have. Yeah. They couldn't have done any of that. So that's upsetting. So the... (laughs) So compounded with the toilet and the doors and all of that in the fucking cemetery outside. So this is two months later. Okay. Only two months. This was the, the last drop for me. I was watching Anne of Green Gables in my apartment <laughs> with my cat. I and I was, laying, I was lying down in the middle of the floor just kind of petting him and blah, blah, blah. No, you know, scarlet fever. Um, <laughs> and I keep hearing the squeaking behind me. And it's kind of like, you know, some fireplaces that have those hanging grate curtain things, you know, it sounds like someone's just slowly like doing that because it's a metal squeaking sound. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. But I ignored it 
because I'm thinking maybe someone upstairs, someone outside. Like the wind coming yeah, through the flue Yeah, or whatever. Or but I keep fucking hearing it. Yeah. And it's getting louder. So I finally hear it. And I finally I'm like, I need to see what this is. And I'll, you know, pause and of Green Gables, I guess, and see what this shit is. And I look behind me and I had this very large chair and ottoman that was relatively new. So there's no like springs. There's no, it's like a foam base with a wood frame. Doesn't make any noise except, you know, when you sit on it. There's, I mean, there's no way. So I look behind me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I look behind me and I hear the squeak as it's squeaking the seat depresses like someone has sat down behind me I see the fucking cushion go down my lights are on in my apartment like they're it's not dark I'm not like you know movie night and you know Anna Green Gables in the dark or anything (laughs) it's like the lights are on and I see the seat depress so I stand up and I'm like, all right, motherfuckers. <laughs> I know you're here now. Right. And I'm going to leave. I just need you to be cool until I get out of here. Yeah, that's awesome. And a nothing fucking Don't happened speak. ever again after that. Really? But I broke my lease. I was yeah. so scared. And you were only two months wow. into it. That's a Yeah, break. that's a, an expensive break. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't making, like, crazy money or anything. Did they say anything to you? So, I'm moving out. I'm packing up okay, the U-Haul. So. And this guy who's just outside, I guess he was, he lived there. He was like, hey, are you moving out or are you moving in? I was like, oh, I'm moving out. And he's like, oh, that's a shame. I didn't get to know you or anything like that. It's like, yeah, just gotta, gotta get on out of here. And he goes, is it because of the hauntings? (laughs) And I'm like, what? He's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is, is, is is that why? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh yeah, it happens all the time here. Some people can deal with it and some people can't. What What the fuck? What the fuck? So I'm like, okay, so I'm not you crazy. That would be in the That's like, yeah. where were you my first day? They don't you? have to tell you unless yeah. you ask. Yeah. If you ask, then they tell they have to tell you that it's a cemetery. So here's the part. Here's the historical part. Okay. So <clears throat> the part that was actually exposed that you could see um, was very small. It is a very small plot of land. If it's an acre. I mean, that's probably a a gross exaggeration because it used to be two acres. Now, there are several um, black historians in Dallas that always talk about the cemetery because there were so many issues with with white people basically trying to buy out this land from them because they were slaves, they were freedmen, they were black families, but there are still survivors of the people that are buried there that still want to pay their respects. Yeah. Some people that actually have plots that they've purchased to be buried in. So it's an active cemetery. You have to go through an alley behind the apartment complex and in through their uh, parking lot just to get to a cemetery. Because now it's no longer a chain link fence. They have put a wood fence around it so that none of the people that live there know that it's there. But you can look at it on Google Maps. You can. It's called the White Rock Garden of Memories Cemetery. And it is nowhere near White Rock. No. Lake. Well, yeah, right. But a lot of the the people that were buried there built um, 
tons of things in that area or they were farmers and their farmlands were taken from them. In fact, North Park is also built on a cemetery. Interestingly enough, right next to it is Restland, which is what yeah. where all the white rich people get buried. Right, right. I knew that. But, but that was a black, that was all black owned lands, black cemetery. I mean, there are so many places so in Dallas up. that have just been paved over, built over. So, okay. If I'm understanding you correctly, this used to be a very large cemetery. A two-acre cemetery. That is now less than an acre. Mm-hmm. So they just built on They top built of directly it. on top so of these cemetery. Mm-hmm. your apartment was just right yes. on top of the grave. And, and, like, knowing that, because nothing was really threatening. Right. You know? I mean, it was scary. It scared the shit out of me. Well, but sure. it wasn't threatening. And now I'm like, man, I wish I hadn't left. Yeah. You know? I wish I had... You know, and that ghost is like, man, I wish I knew how Anna Green Gable. Exactly, they really <laughs> wanted to know if Gilbert dies of scarlet fucking fever. Dude, how fucked up is that? That like, you know, because this is a cemetery that's being built on top of, and it's only possible for these schmucks to build on top of it because it's a cemetery for people of color. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there, if I mean, they there's try a to lot. Do that on top they of actually think it's like actually that, bigger than that. Yeah. Because a lot of them were unmarked graves because they were, you know, slaves, and so they yeah. didn't have any sort of marker. Or they were all just put into one plot. What? Um, wow. So yeah, it's all of those apartments on Preston Oaks and Preston. And I, I we went there the other day because I, I wanted to see if I could find it. And Oak Run is no longer Oak Run. It's called something else. But okay. there's the first, if you, if you go down Preston Oaks, there's an apartment complex on the right-hand side. Skip that one. It's the next one. And in the parking lot, you'll see these tall wood fences... And behind that wood fence is the fucking cemetery. But somewhere in there is it's accessible um, via alleyway to get wow. to this to the cemetery. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? It's real fucked up. Ah, uh, just man, building on graves. Well, building on graves, and specifically graves of people that you know were already exploited in life mm-hmm. and and couldn't get a break while they were alive. Yeah, and, and some of them were actually con- wealthy continued. black families that were celebrated, and now. Nobody gives a crap. They, they're not talked about. They're not, you know, nobody knows anything well, about I mean, them. But you have to, like, what kind of fucking unfeeling sociopath looks at a cemetery and goes, this is prime real estate. This is going to be an apartment complex yeah. with beige carpets and you know, shitty cabinets. Who fucking does that? I mean, it's like, <laughs> did no one see Poltergeist? Yeah. You know? <laughs> have like, we not learned? Did, did Tangina not just, teach you anything? Have, have, Outside of you! How do we ignore the lessons of history and, and film? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. But you have to you have to sit and wonder like how often is that the case where like mm-hmm. land you're building on, especially when there's an economic boom uh, somewhere. Well, and there's, more there's, often there's, there's than you would think, land. especially in Dallas. And I mean, once I started looking up this cemetery, I was amazed at how many parts of our our city are cemeteries that have been built on top of. Here. And well, I grew up in McKinney, just thirty miles north. Yeah, and that was what a landfill they built on top of. Uh, partially, mm-hmm. part of it. But uh, when they started bring, building about twenty-five years ago, they started building. Um, uh, well, probably more like thirty years ago, they started building Stonebridge, which was the big, big illustrious, oh, yeah. like rich doctor, lawyer, you know, uh, m- billionaire area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the they found the North Park. 
Yes, yes, it's it a is. Mall and they, they <laughs> and they found uh, because there was all this land out there mm-hmm. that just wasn't being used. It was farmland for people, and it was just it was Deer Creek and Irwin Park, those areas that just no no one was using them for anything. And they started building on it because it was cheap, and then they could build expensive, you know, huge homes on there. And they found cemeteries that no one had even seen in forever because uh, a lot of cemeteries crop up because like a homestead you know yeah. you, you bury your family exactly. on the property so there might be you know a dozen or so graves of immediate family and then once the family dies out there's no one there to remember that cemetery is there mm-hmm. there's no one who remembers it was you know it wasn't it was never on any official register because yeah. this was before it was incorporated uh, into the township so they, they found several cemeteries in that area and there was one a friend of mine that was um one of the first families to buy a house in that area um, was like, oh yeah, just down the road between two houses, just just nestled in there, were the cemetery was a cemetery of about you know a dozen graves or so, and there's no way in hell that was the only yeah plot. you know that had to have been like well that's just where we could still find headstones that were standing yeah but you like God knows how many people built their houses on top of cemeteries, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting how they're able to excuse. One cemetery and not another. Not like another. Wh- right. what? Well, usually based on the economic status of the people yeah. that are buried there or their color. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, we we it's a it's a kind of running uh, theme with people going. You know, well, with Native American burial grounds, how many of those are are so dilapidated that we don't even know we're building mm-hmm. on top of them now? And people think of that something that doesn't happen very often. That that was that was back in the colonial days or something. And we yeah. hear stories, but what people don't realize is that stuff still happens mm-hmm. with you know with uh, you know the burial sites of people whose relatives are st- for whom this is still living yeah. memory. Yeah. You know that just like oh yeah that that cemetery is back there and no one. Took care of it. I mean, it's just it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Our relate as a society, I feel our relationship to death and the dead is is really skewed, mm-hmm. so that it's easy for us to forget the final resting places. Unlike our, uh, you know, my grandma and your mother, who would keep uh, who kept filing, and... you know, cabinet shoeboxes <laughs> yeah. full of that stuff. Yeah. 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 Oof. What fresh hell is this? What fresh hell is Indeed. this? Indeed. Ever fresh. <laughs> Holy crap! Well, thank you, thank you for coming. I had out. fun hanging out with us. Just yeah. Beth is one of our friends, but this is just kind of what we do when we hang out. So yes. it's really nice to <laughs> great stories and uh, just get around and chit chat with each other. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, thank again. you, and thank you everyone for listening. Tell your friends, and you know, if you want to give us really good reviews, that's. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and don't forget, this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, we'll be live streaming a Q&A about today's episode on Twitch. We can also talk about the previous episode. We did not uh, do a Q&A for that one because we were busy doing our live stream of Halloween. Yeah. stories and stew. But you stew. can find us on Twitch at Google Intentions. <laughs> Uh, you can also go to ghoulintentions.com for links to our social media sites, our blog, and most importantly, where you can submit your own personal supernatural experience for consideration to be read on a future episode of Ghoul Intentions. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my favorite part. <sighs> we end every episode like this, okay. And sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Jamie has a quote for me that I have to guess... And I guess uh, bragging rights if I do, and if I don't, she gets to laugh in my face. Mm-hmm, my Which she's going to do anyway, it's regardless. True. It's kind of a damned if I do, damned. What fresh hell is this? 
every okay. week. Okay, what is it? What is it? And if you know it, Beth, you may indicate, but don't give it away. I shan't. You probably know it. All right. I'll stay with you through the night, just on the chance that you're right. And if you are right, damn you for letting him go. Ugh. <sighs> I really have no idea, I but know. I want to say Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> uh, would, you, would you like a hint? Yes. What is today the day that we're actually recording this? We're recording it. Oh, is it, it from Halloween? It's from Halloween. It's from Halloween. <laughs> What's the scene? I don't remember that. Good. I haven't That's seen that in so long. Have you seen a new one yet? No, and I hear it's it's Everyone actually really, really good. good. I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, because John Carpenter like composed the music and and was a consultant on it too. And so yeah, oh, the original Halloween is one of my favorite scary mm-hmm. movies. It, it holds up incredibly well in my opinion. It does. Yeah. Well, on that, you're a loser. <laughs> I lose. I lose. Not because I love Halloween, but because I couldn't. Apparently, I don't love it enough. You don't. <laughs> You are I'm a farce to I'm deeply ashamed. I deserve to be buried in a forgotten cemetery. <laughs> but no, it's okay. You don't have to not have nightmares because it's, it's okay, okay to, to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights, lights on. on. That's our tagline.